Hi, everybody, and welcome to another Wednesday night. Well, actually, this is a Tuesday night because we're doing the Thanksgiving message. Normally, we would be meeting in the sanctuary on Thanksgiving like we do every year, but this year, no, because of COVID, we're not meeting in the sanctuary. So I'm coming to you via online, and yet I've got a good word. And uh, before I go into the word that I believe God's put on my heart, I want to let you know that all signs are pointing to me being able to be there in person Sunday, and I can't wait. Man, this has been, what, four weeks? And uh, just so you'll know, uh, I was in the hospital for two days, and after I got out of the hospital, I really could have been in the pulpit that Sunday. Uh, I recovered pretty quickly, and um, but my doctor, because of COVID spiking and what I had just gone through and the, the fact that it uh, had to do with my lung. Uh, he wanted me to avoid uh, getting around crowds and, and just be sure that I didn't come into contact with COVID during the recovery time. But I'm listen, I'm going stir crazy. I don't know about you, but I'm tired of being cooped up. I can't wait to be in the house of God Sunday. So Lord willing, like I said, all signs pointing to, I'll be able to be there in person with Cindy this Sunday. We can't wait to see you again. And to give you a, a fist bump, a elbow bump, an air hug, and all those good things. All right? Well, it is Thanksgiving week, and I want to talk to you out of the psalm that happens to be the only psalm in the entire book of Psalms that is entitled A Psalm of Thanksgiving. And that Psalm's 100. Most of you know at least a part of the 100th Psalm, but I'm going to read the whole thing to you. It's only five verses. And so let's look at Psalms 100, verse 1. If you have your Bible, uh, grab it, turn to the Psalms, and go to the 100th Psalm, verse 1. I'm reading out of the New King James Version. And uh, so if yours is a little bit different, no big deal. It'll be pretty much the same if it's a translation. So let's read it. Make a joyful shout to the Lord, all you lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who has made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving. We all know this part. And into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name. For the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting. And his truth endures to all generations. That includes ours. Now, as I was preparing this message on being thankful, I did a little research on the different kinds of hearts described in the Bible. You might say, well, that's kind of a weird uh, word study or research topic. But you know what I found? I'm amazed. The Bible describes at least 50, 50, 50 different kinds of hearts. Let me just give you some examples. There's a broken heart a contrite heart, a grieved heart, a willing heart, a discouraged heart. We've all experienced that kind of heart, right? There is an obstinate heart, and that means stubborn. There's a proud heart, a wicked heart. And then there's a trembling heart, a perfect heart. Can you believe that? The Bible talks about a perfect heart. First Kings 8, 61, First Chronicles 29, verse 9. You can look it up. Then the Bible describes in the book of James a double heart. There's a tender heart. 
as opposed to a hard heart. There's a soft heart, a pure heart, an upright heart, a clean heart. And I could go through the whole list all the way to 50. But can you believe that there's so many directions that our hearts can go and attitudes that our hearts can cultivate and become literally. And, you know, as your heart is, so are you. As a man's heart is, so are you. Um, so these are just a few of the kinds of hearts described in the Bible. But I want to focus on the kind of heart that I unfortunately believe is quickly disappearing in our generation. And that is a thankful heart, a grateful heart. That's one of the kinds of hearts the Bible describes. Now in Psalms 100 that we read, we find the psalmist teaching God's people how to enter into his presence. Now of all the 150 Psalms, once again, this is the only one that is totally entitled and dedicated to Thanksgiving, a Psalm of Thanksgiving. Now the setting of the Psalm, the context of the Psalm is assumed to be that of a company of worshipers in Old Testament times, uh, standing in front of the gates leading to the sanctuary in the temple. Now they are exhorted to enter through the gate and into the courts of the sanctuary with shouts and songs of praise. So we're having the psalmist who, of course, is in Old Testament times under the Old Covenant. The temple is built. Solomon's temple is there. And there was a protocol to entering into uh, the place where they worship God, which was the courts. And so he says, I want you to enter his gates, being thankful. Enter his courts with your mouths full of praise. Now, once they did this, per the instructions that Moses had given to them in Leviticus 7, you can read about it. Uh, once they entered the gates with thanksgiving, the courts with praise, uh, they literally uh, offered a thanksgiving sacrifice. And uh, they would partake of that thanksgiving sacrifice. In fact, uh, some of what they did is very, very similar to way, the way we do Thanksgiving, the way we celebrate Thanksgiving. They, they celebrated, they thanked God, and they ate. They ate of a sacrifice. Um, now, in Psalms 100, when the, as the psalmist is discussing the protocol uh, by which to come into God's presence, he gives us three keys to entering the presence of God through thanksgiving. Now, let me name them. How we're to give thanks is the first one. Why we're to give thanks is the second one. And who we're to thank is the third one. So how to give thanks, um, why we give thanks, and who we're to thank. Now, those are the three things Psalms 100 covers. And so we're going to take those one at a time. And I just want to go through this with us because you know what? Thanksgiving is just a name. It's just another holiday unless you really do it. We need to do Thanksgiving, not just, you know, meet around a table and eat turkey, but we need to know what Thanksgiving is all about. And we as Christians need to go to our Bibles because no book is going to tell us better how to celebrate um, Thanksgiving uh, than the Bible, than the Word of God. So first, how we're to give thanks is covered in verses one and two. Uh, verse one, he says, make a joyful shout to the Lord. 
Now, I want you to stop and think about this because this is demonstrative praise he's talking about. He's talking about shouting. He's not talking about murmuring under your breath. Uh, he's not talking about being dignified and sort of stayed and, and uh, reserved. No, uh, the psalmist starts out. He says, look, you want to enter into God's presence? Then begin, you're standing at the gates. Now the gates, you've got to go through to get into the courtyards where the praise happens. And so you go through the gates with thanksgiving. And, and how do you do that? You make a joyful shout. You make a joyful shout to the Lord. Now, we've all been to a sporting event, at least most of us have, football game, baseball game, hockey game, basketball game. And we know what happens, for instance, when the team first enters the field or the court or wherever it might be. What happens when the team comes out? There is immediate shouting. There is applause. There is celebration. There is cheering. Immediately, that's what happens when the team comes out and takes the field. And so, and we know what happens, by the way, when there's a touchdown, when there's a basket made, when there's a home run made, uh, the same thing. There's cheering, there's applause, there's excitement. Now, I, I'm drawing that illustration because the word shout in the Hebrew here is the same thing. It's the same idea. And it, it, it's difficult for us as, uh, as kind of reserved Americans to take what we do in sporting events and somehow translate that into the way that we are literally to celebrate God. But we are to celebrate God this way. He says, shout to the Lord. There's no way around that. It means lift your voice. It means shout your thanks to God. This is the type of joy we're to have in coming into the presence of God. And you look through the Psalms, uh, there's other Psalms that say the same thing. Psalms 47 says it again. He says, oh, clap your hands, all you peoples. Shout to God, there it is again, with the voice of triumph. Let me ask you a question. When was the last time when you were alone, just you and God, that you clapped to the Lord and that you shouted your thanks to him? Think about it, be honest. I'm being honest. I've got to tell you, if I don't think to do it, I don't do it. If I don't remind myself to do it, I just don't do it. But this is what we're being instructed to do in God's holy word. Clap your hands, shout to God, be demonstrative, be exuberant in your thanksgiving. I mean, we're to, we're to get into it. Why are we to do that? The psalmist says in Psalms 47 verse two, because the Lord most high is awesome. He is a great king over all the earth. Why are we to do it? Just because God's awesome. Why are we to clap our hands and shout unto God our thanksgiving? Because he is the most high God and he is awesome. You know, you take one of the great worshipers of scripture and that would be King David, hands down. Nobody worshiped like David. I don't think there's anybody in the Old Testament that equaled David in, in the way that he worshiped God. His worship was not quiet. It wasn't subdued. It wasn't milk toast. No, he was exuberant. He was loud. He was physical. He was demonstrative. And he threw his entire being into worshiping God. You remember reading about in Saul or 2 Samuel 6, how when they're finally bringing 
the Ark of the Covenant back into Jerusalem after it having been gone a long time. When David knows the Ark is finally going to make it back to Jerusalem, the Bible says he gave up all dignity. He gave up all um, sense of um, self-awareness and um, self-centeredness. And um, he, he just let himself go. And the Bible says he danced before the Lord with all of his might. And the whole kingdom that he was king over was there to see it. He danced in the street. He let it go. He danced before the Lord with all his might. And it's David that said, shout to the Lord. It's David that wrote, clap your hands. And you know, the Bible tells us in the New Testament, the same things that we are to worship God with singing, with our hands lifted. We are to be demonstrative in our thanksgiving. This is why during our own worship services, we begin with an upbeat. Every time we begin with an upbeat, exuberant song because we want to make a joyful shout to the Lord as we enter his presence. We want to enter his gates with that exuberant thanksgiving. So let me encourage you. And I'm encouraging myself uh, at the very same time I'm encouraging you. Uh, let's think about it. Next time we're alone with God, how about just between you and God? I I'm going to do it. Clap your hands to him. Give God applause. If you can applaud a football team, if you can give applause to a baseball team, a basketball team, sports figures, what about the most high God who is awesome? Amen? And the psalm goes on to say that we're to come into his presence, not just making a joyful shout uh, and clapping unto the Lord, but with singing. Serve the Lord with gladness. He says in verse two, come before his presence with singing. Now, even if we can't sing well, you know, my wife, Cindy, she sings beautifully. I make a joyful noise. And, uh, but you know what? God loves my joyful noise as much as he loves her beautiful singing. You may not, but God does. And, you know, it's not just an Old Testament command. The New Testament says the same thing. Listen to these powerful words uh, that you're very familiar with, I'm sure. Ephesians 5, 17. And do not be drunk with wine in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. Now, the, the uh, writer here, who is Paul, is telling us you can be under the influence of alcohol or you can be under the influence of the Spirit of God. And the results are two completely and totally different things. Under the influence of alcohol, you lose your dignity, you lose your self-control. Uh, sometimes you lose your morality. Uh, you can lose your walk with God. You can lose your freedom. You, you can say things you can't get back. No, being under the influence of alcohol is never a good idea. But when you're under the influence of the Holy Spirit, what is that going to cause? He tells us in verse 19, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart. Watch this to the Lord. So if you're under the influence of alcohol, you're going to sing in a way that nobody wants to hear. We, we, we've heard about the song of the drunkards. We never want to have a song of the drunkard, but we do want to have songs inspired by the Holy Spirit. And so he says, singing and making melody, making up a melody in your heart to the Lord. And I see this happening when you're alone with God, not just in a crowd, not just on Sunday morning. 
But when you're alone with the Lord, just stop and say, Lord, I'm just going to sing a song to you. I'm going to make something up. I'm going to let the spirit of God give me a song. So I'm going to clap my hands. I'm going to shout to the Lord. I'm going to sing to the Lord. He said, this is how, how you enter into his gates. This is how you enter his presence. Then secondly, we're told why we're to give thanks. Psalms 100 verse three, know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who has made us and not we ourselves. Now that's the why, that's the why that we're to give thanks. Why? Because he is God. That's why. Uh, because he has made us. That's why. And we didn't make ourselves, neither did evolution make us. That's why. He's the mighty creator God. We're here because of him. The world is here because of him. The splendid universe and the stars and the moon, the sun, the galaxies, the planets, the endless, endless universe, it's all there because he is creator, Elohim, God. By the way, Elohim is plural and it includes the whole Godhead. God, the father, God, the son, God, the Holy Spirit. Uh, when God said, let there be light, it was all of the Godhead, the son, the father, the Holy Spirit involved in the creation. Nothing was made that was made that didn't flow through the fingertips of Jesus. When, when God said, let there be light, it was all three, the three in one, speaking it into existence. It's not, and it's he who made us. Why do we thank God? Because he made us. We're not the accidental byproducts of some cold calculating evolutionary process. No, that is not what we are. We are made, we are created and fashioned by God. And as God's custom designed creation, we're to praise him, we're to thank him. Why do we thank the Lord? Because he's God and he made us and he made everything. We are literally to celebrate in the greatness of who our God is. And we do it by entering his gates with thanksgiving, his courts with praise. And we thank him because he is the mighty, awesome creator God. In Isaiah 43, 21, God says, the people whom I formed for myself, I form that they might declare my praise. Do you know that you and I are created to praise God? Do you know that you never have really fulfilled your purpose as a human being until you have lifted your hands and praised God? You can live your whole life making all kinds of money, uh, being very successful in business and in the things of this world. You can raise a family, uh, you can travel the world, see all the sights. Uh, you can be what the world calls a really good person. And, and you can do a lot of things with your life. But my Bible tells me that God formed me for himself that I might declare his praise. So until I praise God, I'm really not fulfilling my total purpose as a human being. So why do we thank him? Because he formed us to thank him. A guitar is made to play. A, a piano is made to play. A car is made to drive. A watch is made to tell the time. A house is made to live in. God made us to praise him. We're to praise him and to thank him. Psalm 95 verse six. Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker. 
So there the psalmist is once again saying, since he's our maker, then we ought to worship, we ought to bow down, we ought to kneel in his presence, we ought to thank him and praise him and worship him because he's our maker. No wonder David said, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. I'm not fearfully and wonderfully evolved. I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. And we're also to praise him because we are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Psalms 100 verse four says, we're to thank the Lord for being our good shepherd, for adding us to his flock, for guiding us and instructing us, for feeding us the green grass of his word and letting us drink of the pure waters of the Holy Spirit. He says, we are his people and the sheep of his pasture. And that's another reason to thank God. I don't know about you, but I realized a long time ago, if I, could, if I was going through a very tough time, like all of us have been doing in this COVID season, I mean, it's just been a tough year. 2020 has been a year of testing, of sifting, of trying, of purifying, of faith building, of prayer, of trust. Um, it's been a difficult year. It's been a hard year in the natural. But I discovered, I thought long ago of this, that if I don't have anything out here to thank him for, as Habakkuk said, if there be no cattle in the stall, if there be no fruit on the vine, uh, if, if there's nothing around me that I can see, that I can thank God for, if times are really tough, I can always thank him that I'm saved. I can thank him that one day I was lost and now I'm found. I can thank him that I'm not going to hell, but I'm going to heaven. I can thank him that amazing grace plucked me out of sin, delivered me from darkness into light, death to life, blind to sight, hell to heaven, lost as a child of the devil, found as a child of God. I can thank him for that. And that's what David is saying. We thank him because we're his people and the sheep of his pasture. So how we enter his presence is through exuberant thanks and singing. And why we praise him and thank him is simply because he is God and has become our good shepherd. And then finally, Psalms 103 says, let's look at who we're to worship, who we're to worship. He says, enter his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise be thankful to him and bless his name. Now, most people that gather around a Thanksgiving table uh, in America this year are going to say things like this. I'm thankful for a good job. You know, the, the, the tradition is usually you gather around the table and then the patriarch of the family or somebody says, all right, let's all name something we're thankful for. Well, if you don't know God, if you don't know Jesus, you hear things like this. I'm thankful for a good job. Uh, you know, I'm thankful for my house. I'm thankful for the meal in front of me. I'm thankful I haven't gotten COVID or I'm thankful that I got over COVID. Uh, and, and all these things are true things to be thankful for. But how many? And I really ask this question because Jesus said, when the son of man returns, will he find faith on the earth? Insinuating that there is going to be a a, um, a real apostasy away from God. 
before Jesus returns. A real distancing like the days of Noah and the days of Lot. And so I wonder this Thanksgiving, how many are going to look up when the patriarch of the family says, what are you thankful for? How many are going to look up and offer thanks to him, to God himself, to the God from whom all good blessings come from? The Apostle James tells us where good blessings come from. I mean, there's no question of where the blessings come from. Uh, James says, every good thing given and every perfect gift is from above. Let me read that again. Every good thing given and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there's no variation or shifting shadow. And how good is God? Jesus said he makes his sun to rise on the evil and on the good. He sends his rain on the just and on the unjust. And Jesus said, you're to be the same way. Uh, love those that don't love you, because that's what God does. Uh, bless those that don't bless you back, because that's what God does. God sends his blessing on people that curse his name every day. God still sends his blessing. Paul the apostle said, in hopes that the goodness of God will lead them to repentance. So James says, you want to know where every good blessing comes from? It comes from God. Every good thing that comes into our life. You know, it, people don't like to admit that. The pride of man likes to say, well, the good things in my life, I did it. I earned this money. Uh, my skill has brought me this blessing and that blessing. But they fail to remember that if God didn't give you your breath, you wouldn't even be alive. And that whatever skill you have, God gave it to you. So it's a humbling thing to say, you know what? Ultimately and finally, every blessing I have came from God. Every good thing that comes into our life, every blessing, every answered prayer, every mercy drop, everything and anything that adds to our strength and character has come down from the heavenly father. So the psalmist exhorts all of us to be thankful to him from whom all blessings flow. What a powerful psalm of thanksgiving the 100th psalm is. So this Thanksgiving, let me just exhort you and I'm exhorting myself as I exhort all of you. Um, let's remember to exuberantly and directly thank the Lord himself to sing to and rejoice in him. And remember, always remember to thank him for all the things he does every day, uh, big and small, because he is God and he has become our shepherd. And I hope that's blessed you. I know that Psalm really blessed me. It's an incredible Psalm. And I want you to know that Cindy and I are, are praying for you. Uh, we pray that you have a very blessed Thanksgiving. If you can't get with your in-laws or your family because of COVID, I pray that Jesus becomes the invisible guest in your home and that you experience fellowship with him. If you are getting with family, I pray peace over the gathering, no political talk, no fighting, no arguing. Let's just keep our eyes on Jesus and let's bless the Lord and let's be sure that we thank him for all that he has done. Uh, we look forward to seeing you Sunday, Lord willing, we, we believe it will be. So we'll see you then, have a blessed week. Until next time, we love you, God bless you. Amen.